When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for the perfect gift for the book lovers in your life this holiday season? Give the gift of TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations as diverse and interesting as readers are. You can choose from plans that allow your loved ones to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email as a one-time gift or a year-long subscription, which is basically the definition of a gift that keeps on giving. And all you have to do is sit back while our bibliologists do the rest. When your recipient redeems their gift, they'll complete a profile to tell TBR about their reading preferences and what they're looking for. They can even connect their Goodreads account. Then we'll match them up with a bibliologist who will handpick recommendations just for them. Gifts start at just $15, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine. So when you treat someone's shelf, you're supporting an indie too. Visit mytbr.co slash gift to sign up today and give the bookish folks in your life a personalized bookish experience that they can enjoy without leaving their home. Once again, that's mytbr.co slash gift, or just click the link in the show notes. Hello, and welcome back to Women in Romance, where we love to talk about romance and find out what you love about romance and talk about Romance Landia and all of the romance things. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And I'm excited to talk about all the romance things with you, Jess. Hooray! It is Thursday, November 12th, and we are recording episode 71 of this magical podcast. We are. And the other thing that makes it magical is what the occasion is. What's the occasion, Trisha? It is our holiday recommendation request show, or also it's the eve of Friday the 13th. I'm not sure which thing you're talking about, but I think it's probably the first. (laughs) It was definitely the first, and I'm glad that we're recording it on the eve and not the day. (laughs) I will say that. Yeah, there's been enough in 2020. I don't think we can... By the time you're hearing this, we will be through Friday the 13th as a society. Which I think is important. But we are excited. We um we got a lot of recommendation requests. In fact, we're going to need to do two shows, which is delightful for us. We get to talk about books that we love for for a couple of episodes. Honestly, we do that pretty much every episode, but we get to do it in a very specific and tailored way today, which Mm -hmm. we are really excited about. So I feel like maybe we should just jump into it just so that we can get one under our belts and then get into, you know, an ad spot and then go from there. Does that sound right? Yeah, let's do that. That's perfect. Okay. All right. Our first recommendation request is from Amber. Amber is looking for recommendations of a straight-laced and rational hero who falls in love with a heroine who makes him question what he actually wants in life and alongside his beliefs in love. An example of books that Amber has loved and include those troops are It Happened One Autumn by Lisa Kleypas and Beard Science by Penny Reed. Amber's favorite romance subgenres are historical and paranormal romance. And while contemporary romance is kind of hit or miss on Amber's side, Amber is willing to give those books a try. Amber has found that they enjoy romance series that follow families and friends, such as the Wallflower series, the Winston Brothers series, 
and the Wilds of Lindo Castle series. And that is the end of that email. But I will tell you, Jess, I did not know what the Wilds of Lindo Castle was. I'm going to have to look into that. I'm feeling excited about it. So we do have some recommendations for you, Amber. We're excited about them. Actually, Jess, I'm going to let you start and then I will go after you. Okay. So if you don't follow me on social media, you might not know that I have uh, just spent a week around that watching the Netflix K-drama Crash Landing on You, which was the first thing that I thought of when I saw this recommendation. So if you happen to want to watch something with subtitles, please watch that. That is everything you want and more, Amber. But the first thing that I came up with is The Austin Playbook by Lucy Parker. And I realized that this is in the middle of a series. And if you really want to read a great series, I definitely recommend reading the whole thing. But The Austin Playbook is the one that stands out for me. It features Freddie, who is a stage actress, and Griff, uh, who is very gruff. Um, and he is a stage critic. And they get thrown together. Oh my god, of course his name is Griff and he's a stage critic. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. It's so great. His name is uh, James Ford Griffin. Oh, again, of course it is. A <laughs> uh, very British landowner type, but he goes by Griff because his father's name is James as well. So his grandfather just started calling him that. And the two are very grumpy sunshine together and uh, sort of help each other realize what they want in life, but that all of the things that you are looking for are definitely in this book. And Lucy Parker is a favorite of mine when it comes to contemporary romance, so I hope this one is a hit for you. And also, one of my favorite side characters in that novel, Lucy just announced earlier today that he is going to be the central character in one of her upcoming books. So you'll have more of the series to read even after you start. Just today? <laughs> Just today. Dang. She announced. Jess, one, you were so. on top of it. <laughs> it was perfect. You heard it here first. <laughs> so um, that's The Austin Playbook by Lucy Parker. All right. I'm going to give you, um, I think we, we both have two, but I'm going to give you The Rakest by Scarlett Peckham to start. I'm going to start with all of the content warnings because this one is real content warning heavy. Frankly, if you have any things that you try to avoid that are related to miscarriage, pregnancy, any of that, this is probably not the book for you. Um, there is a death related to a pregnancy, there is miscarriage, there is addiction, there is an imprisonment of a character uh, in an asylum. Like there is just sort of this is a what you might think of as like a dark and stormy kind of romance. That is for sure true. However, that is not generally my jam all the time. Because like when they start to feel that dark and start to feel heavy, like that is, that's not really kind of where I land. This one, for whatever reason, despite all of the intensity of it and the drama of it, to me, it feels earned in a certain way. Our two characters here are um, Sarah, who is, well, she is the rakus. Uh She's, you know, doing a lot of the sort of uh, kinds of things that are not looked kindly upon in historical romance. You know, she and she's a flawed character, and that has nothing to do with her addiction or her affairs or her sex life. It's just kind of who she is. And I appreciate that she has the space to be that. She's also really loyal and passionate. And she gets matched up with Adam, who is a uh, widower with two small children. 
And he cannot want anything to do with Sarah from a personal or professional perspective. And yet they catch feelings. And so (laughs) it is, like I said, it's sort of dramatic. Part of the reason that I wasn't sure whether or not to recommend this one is that it's the first in a series. And it kind of seems like Amber is more interested in like longer series that trace people. But the next one should be out next year. It is going to be, I think, at least a three book series. So so get in on the ground floor uh, and start with The Rakus by Scarlett Peckham. Ah, oh, yes, I need to get on the get in on the ground floor with that one. I have had a print version of the arc of that book for who knows how long. That's how long that I have had a tangible version in my hand and I have still not gotten to it. But Trisha might have talked me into it. So Amber, if you read it and like it, let both of us know because I want to know. Yeah. So my second book is also not the first in a series, but it is probably my favorite of the ones that are out so far. And that is After the Wedding by Courtney Milan. It's part of the Worth series. I loved the first book in the Worth series, but After the Wedding is just so intense. And I will I will give you that heads up. It's intense. One of the main characters has experienced uh, sexual assault or harassment in the previous part of her life before the story takes place. The couple are actually forced into marriage. So if that's a thing, you probably don't want to pick that up. But otherwise, it is just a beautiful, emotional story. And like I said, the two main characters, Adrian and Lady Camilla, are thrown together by someone who is trying to get rid of Camilla. She has been on her own for a while, and she smiles at the wrong person in the household where she's staying. And in order to get rid of both of them, they marry them and then send them off on their way. And Camilla is sort of the prodigal son who is returning to the Worth family. And so there's a lot of both the relationship between Adrian and Camilla developing and Adrian, who is very much a staid, straight-laced kind of person coming into this very different kind of relationship and different kind of family, because there's also family element to it. The the Worth family is just kind of great. And like I said, this is not the first book in the series. And also the series is ongoing, and Courtney Milan publishes them when she is able. So this might be a decade-long series. We don't know. But they're always worth it when they come out. So that, once again, was After the Wedding by Courtney Milan. I probably didn't describe it in a way that is like, ooh, must read. But I'm telling you, it is a must read. Excellent. And, you know, sometimes delayed gratification, Jess, is is the most important thing for a romance fan. (laughs) I will just do a quick shout out as well to Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean, which is, I wouldn't call uh, the hero in that book who goes by the name Devil, straight-laced, exactly. <laughs> but I do feel like, and this was actually a rec from uh, Savannah Reyes, who, on the Book Riot team, who was kind enough to to help me out on this one. But it's very much one of those, sure, I will help you marry this guy because I'm very busy being the Dark Lord of the Underground, but then accidentally I fell in love with you, kind of a book. But this whole <laughs> series very much does have that complicated family dynamic and that series is now complete it's a three book series and all of that is is out so if you're looking for some sort of complicated family dynamics i would check out wicked in the wallflower is the first book in the series by sarah mclean and 
I will stop there and let Amber kind of discover the rest for herself. And I think we can pause for an ad spot, Jess. I think we can. So let us think. First We Were Four by Alexandra Sirowi and Kids Buzz for sponsoring this episode. First We Were Four, the title being an IV, but it is four. First We Were Four, Now We Are Three. A group of friends start a secret society in this out-of-control thriller from the author of The Telling and The Creeping that examines that all-consumer love of lifelong friendship and what someone is capable of when they're afraid of losing it. This is a fast-paced, page-turning mystery from a master of suspense for fans of E. Lockhart's We Were Liars and Lauren Oliver's Panic. How far would you go to save a lifelong friend? Once again, thank you to Kids Buzz and First We Were Four by Alexandra Sirowi. All right. Jess, do you want to read our next uh, reader recommendation request? Absolutely. So this is from Megan, and it is actually a two-parter. I'll just start off with the first half. Good call. My cousin likes romance but not with complete open door, and Megan specifically requests not erotic romance. However, Megan recommended Get a Life Chloe Brown and Take a Hint Danny Brown, along with Pride, Prejudice, and other flavors, and her cousin liked them all. She also likes Jasmine Guillory's books. Her cousin is an elementary school teacher and needs swoony light reads to help her escape. Boy, do we have this covered. All right. So, I will start on this one. The first one that I will recommend is Island Affair by Priscilla Oliveras. It came out earlier this year. Uh, quick content warning for eating disorders, parents with cancer. There's a, a loss in a fire as well. One of the main characters is a firefighter. And so, there's a little bit of background there. But by and large, this book just makes you want to go to the Florida Keys. Sarah it has a, a sort of a little bit of a family reunion happening in Florida. And she has a, I guess, significant other who is wildly unimpressive and bails, but her mother is recovering from cancer. She doesn't want to throw off the family stuff. There's just, there's kind of a lot of drama behind it. And so she does not want to go to this mini family reunion without a significant other. And it just happens to be the case that uh, Luis is in the same parking lot where she's trying to sort out this situation and happens to have a week off. And so the two of them decide that he will be her fake boyfriend. And so there is very much a fake dating element in this. And it is it is really charming. It's it's a great story if you're one of those people that really likes the central romance, but also kind of appreciates the way that a family dynamic can complicate things or likes to be able to see, th- see uh, some of the main characters work things out with their family or their friends or whoever else. The family in the situation is complicated on both sides, but in a really good way. So that is Island Affair by Priscilla Oliveras. I do not think that there is any sex on the page in this book. I think it's pretty like maybe get to second base and then fade to black. So that is hopefully a, a, a good fit for this. And then I'll also, before handing it over to Jess, mention um, The Key to Happily Ever After by Tim Marcello, which is sort of even, I would say, more romance adjacent than being straight up romance, but it does seem to fit what Megan is looking for with this recommendation. It's three sisters and two of them have romance subplots. They have inherited a wedding planning business. 
There's always conflict because, of course, there is. The oldest sister is in charge of all the things, and the younger sister seems like she's irresponsible, but actually is she? She has her own skill set, and who's to say? I will say uh, the middle sister, who I think is named Jane, which I like, it's like the most middle sister name of all time, but I'm pretty sure that's her name. Uh, we only kind of get her perspective secondhand. And so I'm still holding out for Jane to get her book. But um, the this book, The Key to Happily Ever After, which has the story of the other two sisters and kind of how they navigate both co-owning this business and also their romantic relationships is just really delightful. So I think those are those are two that might be a good fit. Yeah, those are great. Um, the first one that uh, I thought of that might be uh, smoothy and light enough for your cousin, uh, Megan, is Life is Sweet by Lily Seabrook. And uh, Lily is a not yet prolific uh, trans author. And I came across Life is Sweet because I was reading a bunch of things about candy that day. I don't know how that happened. But in Life is Sweet, Kayla has finally been able to start her own business as the owner of a candy shop. And she is very much the owner of a candy shop. She has colorful hair and wears bright, adorable clothing and is just sweet and bubbly. But she has a few issues with some people who won't leave her alone, one of one of them being her ex. And Melissa, who is a very straight-laced, staid CEO, who has no life, really, but has told her family that she has a girlfriend, <laughs> comes into the candy shop looking for a gift for her sister because she knows that she likes candy. And that's kind of the thing that she gets her. And uh, Melissa saves Kayla by pretending to be in a relationship with her when Kayla's ex comes in. And uh, all of a sudden, they both have reasons to keep doing this whole pretending we're in a relationship thing. But as usual, as we know with fake relationships, feelings are caught. Feelings are always caught. And I think there might be some sex on the page, but I honestly don't remember being sort of thrown at sexy times all the time. So I I still think this is a book that will not feel like you're not reading enough plot and you're reading a lot of sex. So that was Life is Sweet by Lily Seabrook. It's full of candy. Just have some near you when you read it because you're going to want it. It's so sickly sweet and adorable and I, I really loved it. Um, and the other book that, which is definitely completely not sexy times is Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. And it is a contemporary Pride and Prejudice retelling set in a Muslim community in Toronto. So since their cousin liked Pride, Prejudice and other flavors, she might also like looking at another person's take on Pride and Prejudice within um, an Indian community. And Aisha at last is so good. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe this book. Aisha is our Elizabeth character, and she has a lot of goals in life, and is very boisterous and enthusiastic about everything that she does. And Khalid is 
a more traditional Muslim person who, you know, has opinions about the way that people should act and behave and dress and whether they should be in bars and all of that stuff. And of course, they clash. But he has, even before the start of the book, sort of had a crush on her from afar and just says the wrong thing on a regular basis. So that's the setup for this Pride and Prejudice story. And you know the story, but this one takes it in an interesting direction. So that's Aisha at last, which is just a great story for any person coming into romance, especially if they're looking for just a very straight romantic story that they look forward to seeing the telling of. All right. I will do the second half of Megan's uh, two-part question. Because Megan's best friend is not a huge fan of traditional romance, but Megan got her to read The Kiss Quotient and Recipe for Persuasion, and her best friend loved them both. Apparently, both of them are lifelong public defenders who work with kids, so romance with a bit of social justice is a good selling point. So, let me start with one of my all-time favorite, I think, sort of socially aware romances, and that is Thirsty by Mia Hopkins. It is, I will warn you, a little steamy. <laughs> I think in a good way, but to, you know, your mileage may vary. But there is a, I think, just a very realistic lens around culture and social issues in this one. Sal, who is one of the main characters, is uh, has been recently released from prison. He was a gang member, still sort of is, and kind of is, is feeling pulled back into it, which is a, a major plot point in the story. And this is in a situation where he didn't do what he was convicted of. He definitely did. And he did the time. And now he's been released. But he is navigating what that means as a member of society to be released from prison and have to try to figure out you know, like he can't get a driver's license because he's a felon. And so he has to ride the bus. He also, he has no money. And Vanessa, who is the the other main character in this book, is a single mom uh, living with her grandmother who is, has offered Sal a, a room, which is basically like kind of their, their garage, is, is also not wealthy. Like she's, she's, she's working and she's a successful businesswoman, but she's not to the point where she doesn't still have to worry about money. And that's pretty uncommon in romance to to have two characters who are both still very conscious of income and trying to figure things out and and what they're going to do. So like I said, steamy, dramatic, kind of soapy, but with all of that undercurrent that is a little unusual in romance. And that's Thirsty by Mia Hopkins. And I will let you throw one in just before I do another. Sure. The first one that came to mind uh, for this one, especially with the social justice aspect, was Guarding Temptation by Talia Hibbert. And this is one of her self-published novellas. So it's a little shorter than the Brown Sisters books, but it definitely still packs that Talia Hibbert punch. And in this one, Nina is actually like an online activist and, uh, you know, elsewhere activist, but she does most of her work drawing attention to things dealing with social justice and racial justice and other kinds of necessary justice in the UK and the world. And she is actually not safe doing this because she is a Black woman in the world speaking up about social justice. And James is her brother's best friend, but also her friend. And they 
um, have been friends for a long time and have had crushes on each other for a long time, even though neither actually knows this. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. Why would they, why would they know? Um, James has been tasked with kind of keeping her safe. And when her safety actually reaches a very low point, he is very much on point with making sure that she is safe. And so there are two separate elements to the story where we sort of worry about her potentially being in danger and what she or James might have to do about that, but also the constant tension between the two people who have so many feelings for each other, but don't want to do anything about it out of fear for what might happen. So that's Guarding Temptation by Talia Hibbert. Sounds like a lot of feelings. So many feelings. I read the shorter version of that. I have never read the f- the full indie published one, so I may have to get back into it. <laughs> but I will give you one other wreck on this one. And I noticed that neither of the books that you mentioned that your friend had read were historical. But I'm still going to recommend just quickly The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics by Olivia Waite, which is one that we did a, a longer discussion of gosh, about a year and a half ago. You know, it's not straight up clean cut social justice, justice exactly, but there are a lot of social and cultural issues, particularly related to sexism and you know, homophobia. Catherine and Lucy are your two main characters in this one. And Catherine is a a widow who, frankly, is a little relieved, I think, to have escaped the toxic marriage that she was in, the abusive marriage that she was in. And Lucy is sort of a little bit younger, still kind of figuring herself out what she wants to do. But she has this background in astronomy and science. And Catherine needs an astronomy text translated. And Lucy volunteers to do it. And in kind of an assertive way, which good for her. And so then she does and and the two of them, you know, develop a relationship. But as we talked about when we did a, a book club episode about this, there's just a, a lot of background and society and friendships and community in this book, uh, in a way that I think really teases out some of those social and cultural issues that might be helpful for Megan's best friend. So again, that's The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics by Olivia Waite. And I think you had one more too, just before we do another ad spot. I did. And I actually, I had a couple that I was trying to narrow down. And I decided to recommend Open House by Ruby Lang, which is the middle book in her Uptown trilogy. And in this one, you have Magda, who is trying to sell her uncle's brownstone uptown in Harlem. And also there's an issue with what they call an empty lot up the street, which is actually a community garden where a house used to exist and was torn down. And it's there that she meets Ty, who is suddenly the one speaking for the maintenance of this garden, of the letting it stand, not selling the lot to the highest bidder who will build condos on it instead of this place where everyone from blocks around comes to gather and grow something beautiful and all of that. And, uh, you know, Magda understands she doesn't hate the garden, but she needs it to sell. So there is this clash between two people with opposing goals 
but also there are great conversations there about the purpose of community and capitalism, of course, and all of the things that go along with that uh, gentrification, all of those concepts. So uh, Open House by Ruby Lang might be one that she enjoys for all kinds of elements. All right. We've got more wrecks, including another one with a bodyguard. Spoiler alert. So stay <laughs> tuned. But first, we did want to thank Just the Two of Us by Ru Hyang. And with Poppy Pub and KPIPA, Just the Two of Us is a heartwarming story of two people who were met for each other. So right at home here on the When in Romance podcast. Sukyuk is a pediatric emergency medicine specialist who only cares about treating sick children. He never eats something someone else gives him. He suddenly starts noticing a woman, the woman who feeds him. Yuna opens up her own business that specializes in boxed lunches, a tasty meal. She somehow becomes to be in charge of Suyuk's everyday meals. When Suyuk meets Yuna, a confident, sure-footed woman who gets startled and scared when he comes near, he wants to know everything there is to know about her. So basically, uh, this is exactly right up my alley. Uh, so I will be... Same. Yeah, I was like, I will be clicking on the show, the link in our show notes. Uh, so again, thanks <laughs> to Just the Two of Us by Ru Yang with Poppy Pub and KPIPA for sponsoring this episode. Jess and I will likely be talking about this book again in the future <laughs> after we have both clicked on the show notes and found it. But in the meantime, some other books. I can't. We've been going back and forth. I think maybe it is your turn to read this request from Kelly. Jess? Okay, this is from Kelly. Kelly loves sci-fi and fantasy, and she loves romance. But they have had difficulty finding a sci-fi or fantasy romance novel that they enjoy. The problem is that most of the sci-fi or fantasy romance novels that they have tried feature a controlling alpha hero, which is a big turnoff. In particular, they do not like when a woman falls for someone who has kidnapped or otherwise coerced her, regardless of the reason. Kelly would love some recommendations for good sci-fi or fantasy romance novels without controlling men. Happy to read about couples of any gender orientation, but would prefer everyone to be human. All right. So Jess has a few of these. I have one that jumped right to mind when uh, you were uh, writing this, this in, Kelly. And that is the second book of the Call of Crows series. The book is called The Undoing, and the author is Shelley Lawrenston. And I think you'll probably get a little bit more out of it if you read the first one. But there is very much of an act of coercion in the first one. It's quick. The one of the main characters very much accepts that the other one does it. So in some ways, I guess it's, it's not. Well, I'll be honest with you. What happens in the first book is that one main character gets killed and the other saves her life by making her a demigod. So that's the first one. And then, you know, by and large, though, the hero and heroine get along great. But my favorite in the series is The Undoing, like I mentioned. Also, side note, I found out when searching this out to make sure I had all of my my plot points right. There's also a Michael Lewis who wrote, you know, that baseball book about odds. Ball. Something with ball. Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money okay, ball. yeah. So <laughs> apparently, as you can tell, this is not a Michael Lewis podcast. Uh, this is a romance podcast. And so we're looking at the undoing romance version by Shelley Lawrenston. Anyway, if you've traveled with me on that journey, thanks for sticking with me. Uh, essentially, the book is about shifters trying to stop the end of the world. And they're also dead. Again, 
demigod kind of situation. Um, so, but the two protagonists of this book are adorable. They are Ski and Jace, and they're very nerdy and bookish, although she does have a more intense side because her path to death was a little bit violent and intense. And these are violent books. This is like a violent rom-com, which is a weird category, but Laurenstein is so good at it. And like, she totally pulls it off. Like you, mm-hmm. she is one of the best comedic romance writers working, I think, today, but her books are kind of violent. Yeah, I don't know. All of that to say, um, I think if you are looking for a hero who is non-coercive and just really lovely and delighted by the heroine, you might want to check out The Undoing by Shelley Laurenston. And so I uh, I stretched the definition of human just a little bit for mine. The first one, if you haven't read it, and wow, this is the first time this author's name has come up tonight. <laughs> We're halfway through. <laughs> halfway through. The AI Who Loved Me by Alyssa Cole, which started out as an Audible original audiobook and is available, I believe, in ebook now. I'm not sure about print is a perfectly adorable uh, future future Earth science fiction, science, heavy on the science book about Trinity, who is at, at the start of her book, injured and driving, I'm using quote fingers, self-driving cars <laughs> in the future. So there's Trinity, and across the hall, her neighbor's nephew, uh, Lee Wei, is there for a visit and he's a strange kind of guy but she you know welcomes him to the building and her life and all of that and it turns out leeway is learning how to be human he is not quite there he is mineral but not animal so (laughs) there is that relationship which that's kind of human mineral is part some of the components yeah and there's there's some action and there's some revelations that are had about both. And it's also just an ultra sweet love story. So that's The AI Who Loved Me by Alyssa Cole. And the other one that I thought of, which I will tell you, if you are not a fan of erotic romance, just skip it straight away is The Rose by Tiffany Rice. And this is the second in a series of three books right now, but they all stand alone very well. You don't need to have read The Red, which I think is the first one. Yeah, I think so. To know what's happening in The Rose. And this one has a bit of intrigue. It takes place in a contemporary setting and is kind of fantasy light. There are gods and there is sex magic that comes from vessels blessed by gods. So it is fantasy, and there are amazing fantasy scenes that aren't always about sex. But (laughs) so in this one, there is Leah, who is a young woman who has an interesting relationship with her family and with her family home, and with some things that happen in her family home. I'm sorry I'm being vague. It's purposeful. There's some interesting stuff happening in this book. And August is one of the people who visits, and it turns out he has a vessel that will help Leah uncover some things about herself. 
is probably the best way to say it. Jess, we already know there's gods and sex magic. I think, you know, people can read between the lines. You know, as soon as you introduce sex magic, <laughs> the use of the term <laughs> vessel just... really changes for the rest of the description. <laughs> so just, you know, think think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and the vessel looks just pretty plain, mm-hmm. but with the right touch. Sure. Anyway, I'm going super far beyond what you need to know. All you need to know is it's a beautiful book, surprisingly. Um, Not surprisingly, Tiffany Rice is an amazing author, no matter what she's writing about or who she's writing for. And it's also really emotional. So that was The Rose by Tiffany Rice. And I think those are my absolutely, I hope you love them books. And I wanted to throw out one bonus recommendation because the hero of this book is very much not human. And that's Strange Love by Anna Geary. It is an alien romance featuring, I don't even know how to describe the male-ish protagonist <laughs> of this book. There, there are feathers and there are scales and there are other materials of skin that aren't skin and there's a distant planet and there is an accidental kidnapping so (laughs) there's a lot of stuff that you say you wouldn't like about this book but i would recommend giving it a try because it has all of the other stuff you're looking for so that's strange love by anna geary and kelly give it a try okay that's it that's all i'm gonna do for this one I mean, honestly, I think we have seven possible show titles that just came out of the last four minutes of you talking. So uh, (laughs) my thanks to Kelly as well for inspiring (laughs) that. Yeah. All right. Casey has a slightly less vessel oriented, I would say, request. Uh, Casey is looking for something to read after Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. Casey loved Hazel so much and the quirky, funny inner monologue that Christina Lauren wrote in this book. I think you and I both know Jessica Christina Lauren is great for that quirky, funny inner monologue. And I would sort of commit to the idea that that is a key to a rom-com is having the dialogue, uh, or I guess monologue, that sort of kind of internal part be fun and snappy. And the two mm-hmm. books that I have for you, Casey, are both very much of that. The first is Actually, I think I I went with Intercepted by Alexa Martin. All of the Alexa Martin books are great. I ended up going with Intercepted. These are kind of football books, but not really. Marley in this book is a – her boyfriend is on the Mustangs NFL team, and that dude sucks. And so she very quickly into the book finds out that he's cheating on her. They break up, but she hits it off with Gavin, who is the new – QB1, which might be a term that you know if you watch a lot of Friday Night Lights, the starting quarterback. Uh, it's a big deal. <laughs> they start dating, drama ensues. But I, I just, I feel like Alexa Martin really captures that like sort of fun energy. She can somehow make kind of like the toxicity that can exist in these like wife groups because it's the NFL. So it's, it's wives, you know, like she can make fun of it, but also capturing how it can be really hurtful and ridiculous and and mean. But she also mm-hmm. kind of captures the importance of the closeness that exists in these families. And I think a lot of that is because Alexa Martin's husband did play football. And so she was a part of these communities. But she has just this this really wicked, delightful sense of humor uh, that I think 
really captures a lot of that. So any any of the books in the series are wonderful, but it is worth starting with Intercepted by Alexa Martin. And the other one that, speaking of kind of that just really tight humor, is Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Uh, mm. There's like a similar, like a more snarky monologue there. Luke, who is is the main character and the narrator of this book, uh, is estranged from his rock star father, who he's actually never even met, but whose reputation, the father's reputation is still sort of infecting his life. So he needs to be straight-laced enough for his um, fundraising job. So he has to start fake dating Oliver. And it's just a really delightful book. This one is a huge hit among Book Riot romance readers mm-hmm. on the on the contributor side. I would have to guess, if I had to pick one that the Book Riot sort of romance contingent has loved above anything else in 2020, it is boyfriend material. Mm-hmm. Alexis Hall does have this kind of similar, like, snarky monologue. The very Alexis Hall brand is that, frankly, if Luke was not the narrator and you couldn't see where his brand, like where his mind was, if it wasn't a first person book, you probably would have no patience for him because he's <laughs> a little flawed. He's not always uh, the best or most loyal. He has sort of some self-image issues and, and some feelings about his lovability. And it would be, I think, deeply frustrating, except that because it is a first person narration book, you can really sort of see what he's thinking and experiencing. And it is, it's just, he's got this lovely friend group. It's just a really wonderful, wonderful read. That is Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And actually, Casey is finishing an MSW and will soon be a master of social work and is looking for some books to read when all of that very intense grad school stuff is over. So huge congratulations. Those are my two books. And I'm sure, Jess, you have some wonderful recommendations too. I do. So I... Actually, very recently finished reading Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfler. And that's that's probably the most recent book release out of all of the ones that we're talking about here. It came out on Tuesday. So Written in the Stars is another nod to Pride and Prejudice. So down to the fact that our protagonists are named Darcy and Elle, whose full name is Elizabeth. And they are very much opposites. This is so much more of a opposites attract story than it is a Pride and Prejudice story. And there is also fake dating. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) It's like a sliver of enemies to lovers. Sliver. Super sliver. You can tell it's a sliver because Jess whispered it. So you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) it's, It's like, I don't like you, but let's fake date. And then things happen. But so, like I said, it is a nod to Pride and Prejudice with Darcy and Elle being the two central characters. Darcy is very staid and straight-laced. I feel like I've used those two descriptions multiple times on this particular podcast episode. In fairness, someone asked about straight-laced, so that's that's legit. Yeah. And very. let's call her reserved. Darcy is very reserved. Still waters run deep is the definition of Darcy. And she does not want to get into a relationship again because things have happened in the past. And then comes Elle, who on their first date together, they were set up by Darcy's brother, knocks everything over and kind of like loses the plot a little bit just because of a moment of fluster. And L is also an astrologer <laughs> written in the stars. Astrology 
And then you've got Darcy, the actuary. Uh, There's a lot of opposite attract things yeah. here. So they end up pretending to date because of a little flub. And things go from there. Things go from there is probably the phrase I have actually said the most in this episode. But things go from there. So written in the stars by Alexandra Belfler. And this one doesn't have a single narrator, but both of their inner dialogues are are just sort of fascinating. And there's also a lot of really fun parts. The other book that came to mind for this was So Forward by Mina Villasquera. And this is, why do I keep picking the second book in series? This is the second book in her series about winter athletes in Manila. <laughs> and Colin and Lexa are both former athletes. He was a figure skater and she was a hockey player. There are a lot of references to The Cutting Edge 2, which I have actually never seen. <laughs> So what you're saying is you can enjoy it without having seen The Cutting Edge 2, just in case there are pockets of our, our listenership who have not seen The Cutting Edge 2. So anyway, this is about the two of them. He is in business school, but hasn't told his family that he's working on his MBA. And she's a professor. And he, he asks her to help him with his final project. And there has also been a setup at the rink where they were both athletes for a feature exhibition show, mostly because somebody wants Lexa to loosen up a little bit and maybe do some skating. <laughs> and while she is very much against that happening, the rest of it is okay. So the two of them have a lot of the same kind of are-they-aren't-they they situations that Josh and Hazel do, which is one of the reasons that I thought about this one, because they're very much, like, into each other, but doing their own things for a lot of the book. But also, they have this great banter, and their personalities are perfect against each other. So that's so forward by Mina Villasquera, and honestly, just read all three of those books in the 32-6. All right, we have one more. I think it might be your turn to read this one, Jess, which is, this is a very special request because it's a crossover request from our Book Riot Sister podcast, which I think is cool. Yes, that is super cool. So this is a request from Tiffany. For Christmas this year, Tiffany and her sister have decided to buy each other books. So... Tiffany's sister is writing to SFF yeah to request a recommendations for a book that Tiffany can buy for her. And Tiffany is writing to us for a recommendation for something that her sister can buy for Tiffany. How cool is that? Delightful. So here is what she's looking for. She recently, finally, got around to finishing the final season of Scandal and immediately wanted more of Fitz and Olivia. And she asks us to recommend something that has that same over-the-top, soapy, messy, drama-filled romance that Shonda does so well. She, she continues like, the characters are maybe not even that likable all the time, and sometimes they're literally willing to let the world burn if they can get what they want. But none of that really matters because they just love each other so much. And while she'd love it if it was also set in the world of politics... 
doesn't necessarily have to be. And uh, she can remember reading Hate to Want You by Alicia Rye with a similar vibe, which she loved and plans to finish the series soon. So I gotta say this. So first of all, Tiffany included her Goodreads on this. And the fact that she did not have a book by Sonali Dev on her Goodreads <laughs> was like, both like a little sad for me because I wanted her to have found Sonali Deb, but also a delight because it means to me that in my mind, if you're talking about over the top, soapy, messy, drama filled romance, I do not know who else I would go to before I would go to Sonali Deb. So I will start <laughs> with the recommendations on this one. I So the Bollywood Bride. And, so first of all, you could read any Sonali Deb. All of it basically fits into this. Mm -hmm. But they're like, the Bollywood Bride stands alone, I think, in all of all of that kind of first series that starts with the Bollywood Affair. Any of those books can stand by themselves and, and actually do quite easily. Bollywood Bride is probably your like, really soapy, kind of messy situation. There's a it's a there's it involves an actress, like a very famous actress. There's a childhood love story. There's like this dramatic history between the two and the families and all of that. And actually, <laughs> Recipe for Persuasion, which just came out this year, is basically a lot of the same things, which is the other one that I would recommend for uh, this kind of a thing. But this is very much a Sonali Dev kind of hallmark. I will say for Recipe for Persuasion in particular, I can give you, you know, a couple of like, there's definitely a death from suicide. There's talk of past alcoholism. There is PTSD, panic attacks, and uh some discussion of sexual assault. So if you are a person who wants to be aware of content warnings, kind of make sure that you seek them out for any Sonali Dub book because they, they do get very dark and dramatic. But what I will tell you is that if these kinds of books are your speed and you start um, Recipe for Persuasion, you will be ready for Incense and Sensibility, which is coming out in 2021, which is the story of Yash, the, the brother of the one of the protagonists in the series, who is running for governor of California. So your political piece of this will, will just fall right into place if you get there. So anyway, basically anything by Sonali Dub, but definitely Bollywood Bride, A Recipe for Persuasion. I have one more, Jess, but I'm going to let you go first before I, I name my other bodyguard book. <laughs> so my immediate thought, once I got my politics brain running, because I actually have been doing my best not to read political books this year. Oh, why? What? what I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine why. Um... <laughs> But I went back to an older favorite, Rumor Has It, by Sharice Hodges. And it's the first book in her series about local political intrigue and drama fest. And in this one, Liza is a local person who is not political in any way. But her sorority sister is in a relationship with another friend who is running for Senate in the state. But Liza finds out that her friend's new fiance is uh, stepping out on her. So uh -oh. Liza goes to his opponent, Jackson, who won't do anything untoward about Robert, who's the, the step-outer. Ugh, come on, Jackson. But 
there's some some heat between Liza and Jackson. So that's that's where it all starts. And there is probably not Shondaland level of burn it all down, but there is definitely plenty of drama and intrigue and a little bit of suspense in this one. Sheriff Hodges will just like drop a bit of suspense into any book. <laughs> Like all of a sudden there's someone after somebody or anything like that. And I would just, I would definitely recommend checking out Rumor Has It and the rest of the Rumor series. All right. As promised, I have another book that involves a bodyguard for you, but also involves like a lot of political intrigue. So my last rec for this show and for this question is, and actually I have to shout out Becky. Becky reads it all on Instagram because Becky sent me this recommendation probably like three weeks ago. And she said, oh my gosh, have you read the Thelanian Dynasty series by Katie Robert? The novella starts is uh, Theirs for the Night. The next book is Forever Theirs. It is an MMF romance. And it starts with a hookup, but it turns out to be capital S something, capital M more, <laughs> where Meg happens to be a bartender. She goes out for her birthday one night. She meets these two guys at a bar. They are, I think they describe themselves as more than friends, but less than in a relationship, something like that. But one of them happens to be the exiled prince of Thelania, and the other one is his bodyguard slash BFF slash lover. So the, the first novella is basically kind of the three of them connecting in a variety of ways some of which are (laughs) sexual some of which are emotional some of which are just really you know like on that deep soulful level and you know the i'm not i don't think ruining anything by saying they kind of go their separate ways at the end of it but then they get kind of in a variety of ways again back together in the second book but like theo is being basically hunted by his you know, family members who are trying to overtake the throne. Again, he is exiled. It's a real mess. There's all of this politics and intrigue. I would say that this is erotic romance, but I would not call it erotica. There definitely is a story that is is driving this. And the way that I sometimes measure this is that you do go multiple chapters without a sex scene, which is a helpful metric for people to know. But it is, again, like super soapy and messy. And as Becky kind of said, it's, it's one of the best MMF books I have read. And for those who aren't clear, an MMF generally means that there is like the order of the letters matters because when the two M's are in proximity together as letters, it does indicate as it does in this series that Theo and Galen are sometimes enjoying each other's physical company without enjoying Meg's physical company and etc. AKA the swords cross. Exactly. The swords are crossing in the (laughs) Thelanian dynasty series, but it is just a really interesting way to explore kind of relationships and those dynamics. And according to Becky, I'm, I'm only through the first two, but according to Becky, the third one even has further character development. So again, that is the Thelanian dynasty series. You can start with theirs for the night, but you're almost definitely going to want to seek out forever theirs immediately after and I will be reading the third book as soon as humanly possible. So another bodyguard for you there is what I have to offer you here. Jess, I think you maybe had another record too as well before we close it out. I did. But at first I got to say that is yet another book that I have had for a long time. But now I got to pull up to the top of the list because you've talked about it tonight. I had never heard of it. I was like, oh, I like Katie Roberts. And, and then all of a sudden it was 
36 hours later and I was a book and a half in. So anyway. Uh, this is bad. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to do one more. And this book is Messy Melodrama Central. I'm just going to get that out there immediately. It is so melodramatic, so soapy, and it is Lush Money by Angelina M. Lopez. Nice. It's the first book in a series. I haven't read the second one, but I hear that that one is yet again super soapy and melodramatic. And this one involves billionaire Roxanne, who wants a child. So she sets a proposition to Matteo and his European principality, and, and they end up getting married, signing a contract to be married for the length of time it takes her to get pregnant and have a child, and then they can divorce and go their own way. And his principality, which is at the risk of being seized or something similar, will successfully be monetary stable for the time being. And that's how we start. So there is a bit of a question of sort of consent in the way that this book is set up, because Mateo is kind of not interested, but really wants the money. So sure. we've all been there. <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, there's constant meetings and getting to know each other and understanding more about where each person comes from and all of that. And it's a long process, sort of like scandal. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But there's just, there's a lot happening in this book. And I think if you want that kind of over-the-top story, Lush Money is definitely a good place to go for it, as long as you are okay with some questionable, not dubious, but questionable consent situations. Well, like we said, we did not get into every uh, recommendation that we have. We've got a another half dozen or so for next episode. Um, we will be talking about Under the Radar Scottish Historicals. We will be talking about Under the Radar and Pre-2012 Authors of Color. A lot of rom-com recs, more requests related to SFF romance, uh, science fiction fantasy romance. And, you know, who who knows? What else may come up? So so know that if we did not answer your question or ask, get your recommendation in this episode, we, we absolutely will get to it. If you need it more urgently, just, you know, contact us however you got got us the first time and we'll, we'll make sure that we get it for you. But I think at this point, Jess, we may we may have done what we can do today. I think we have. Huge thanks as always to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink. You can find Jess and I on email and social media as you already have. You can get us on email at whenandromance at bookriot.com. I am on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown, Trisha with an S-H. Jess, what what do you got? What are your socials? I am on Twitter at Jess is reading, all one word, and on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. As always, we do genuinely appreciate it when you rate and review the show. Um, everyone has sent really lovely feedback, even if it is not always as positive as is ideal. The constructive criticism is helpful, although you are also always very welcome to send all of your accolades as well. So for now, thank you all for listening. Huge thanks to those who wrote in. Hopefully these requests meet your needs. Let us know if they if they don't, if you need something different. I think that's all we have today, Jess. I think it is. And in the meantime... 
Maybe some of you are reading again. And in that situation, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Thank you.